0: You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. In connection with our sermon this morning, I'd invite you to open your Bibles first to the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter one. Over the next few weeks, we hope to look at the practical wisdom that is given in the book of Proverbs for all areas of life. And in order to do that, we must understand what this book is all about, its, its theme, its purpose, and that is given to us in these first seven verses of the book itself, Proverbs 1, the verses 1 through 7. And so we'll read that together. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight. For acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. We'll turn to chapter 2 and read the entire chapter there. Very much connected with that theme statement, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. We read chapter 2 now. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure... Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds forth, He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for He guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose, way, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. will save you from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death, and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus will you walk in the ways of good men, and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the unfaithful will be torn from it. We turn now to Matthew chapter 7. Verse 24, this is the end of the Lord Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, a sermon that you'll notice in which he dispenses much wisdom, just like Solomon, his forefather of old. The Lord Jesus dispenses wisdom and then he ends on this parable which very much resonates with the words of the book of Proverbs. Matthew 7 at verse 24, "...therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand." The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as the teachers of the law. Our text is that theme verse from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, suppose that there were two men. Two neighbors lived very close together. The first man was raised in a fine home. He used proper manners. He communicated well. He was articulate. He was efficient and effective with his time and money. He was a man who lived well. This man had a head start in life, being born into a good family, and didn't squander it. Instead, he built on it. Through university, he spent an hour in the gym every morning, a habit he never lost. He did all his homework, and he was an engaged learner. He was careful and meticulous in everything that he did, and that not only gained him the attention as a young man from the ladies, but... He applied that same carefulness and meticulousness to the ladies, and the one that was eventually his wife measured up to his lofty standards. This man's high degree of skill and diligence and intelligence, combined with a genuine desire to help others, made him a shoe in for the medical profession, which he pursued with great success. Ten years in as a doctor, married, three daughters and a well-stocked bank account, this man decided to look for a new home. His children loved the great outdoors. They loved to swim. They loved the water. His family knew the area of southern BC, the Fraser Valley. And so this man and his wife purchased a good-sized property on the water, building their house on the sandy banks of the gently flowing Fraser River. Now next door to this man was another man, a man who did not have a head start in life. The second man grew up in a household where money was always tight, expectations were loose. Dad worked at a low-paying labor job and logged long hours. Mom tried to raise the kids alone, but was often overwhelmed by the task and sort of let them go. On their own schoolwork was never done and teachers were always disappointed and so naturally this boy turned his attentions to fishing he fished the banks of the Fraser River constantly he loved the ways of this river he had seen the, the waters rise every spring and go down throughout the, the summer he loved to spend time on the Fraser he loved to fish as this man grew up, eventually he met a girl who could tolerate him, and he fathered three girls of himself, of his own. After ten years of living in a little place in town, the couple had saved up enough money for a small property close to the river. However, not only was this man too poor to afford the waterfront property that his neighbor had, but he was also well aware of the unstable nature of the river. And so they bought a place in the bush, small place, Modest place, not a great place to live, a rough, bare patch that was essentially sitting on a big rock. And then one night it began to rain, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. You know how it can rain in BC. It rained for a week straight. It rained for a month straight. The rain didn't stop coming down. It rained all over BC, and the streams that go down the mountains turn to rivers, and the rivers that flow into the oceans turned to torrents, and the banks of the Fraser rose and rose. Now this man worked on the Fraser; he drove a tugboat, and working that year was difficult. The logs had to move, and one year that man, or one day that man who lived up on the rock, was tugging along with a load of cedars behind him. He's passing his place, and he looked over to see it. When suddenly he saw a giant hole right there on the banks of the river. His neighbor's house was gone. He looked around wildly, and then, floating down the river, in the very middle of it, was his neighbor's million-dollar house. A giant house, half-submerged, floating down the river, a million-dollar piece of driftwood. In a panic, he swung his gaze back to where his place was, and there it was, where it had always been sitting up, high and dry, on the rock, solid and secure. It's two men, two different lives, two very different lives, two houses, and two foundations. The question is, of these two men, which one was wise? Which one lived well? We'll consider that question this morning along this theme, that the Lord's people, and we could even perhaps rephrase that, wise people know how to live well. The Lord's people, those who pursue the Lord, live by faith in Him. The wise person knows how to live well. How do they do this? Well, they have the right foundation, they have the right goal, and they have the right teacher. Now, obviously, you'll realize that my little story there was based on the parable that the Lord Jesus told at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7 about a wise and a foolish man. The wise man built his house on the rock while the foolish man built his house on the sand. Now, the wise man and the foolish man are two of the central characters of this book of Proverbs. They come up constantly. And so... It is that the Lord Jesus' teaching there resonates with the teachings of this book of Proverbs. Like the parable of Jesus, the book of Proverbs is all about two ways to live. Two foundations for life. Two ways of living. One's good, the other is devastating. Proverbs is all about practical wisdom. How to live life well. That's a message, isn't it, that we hear about all the time? How to live life well. There's no shortage of input in our time and culture about that very fact. Every day, every day you hear on the radio different statistics, studies about kids, about nutrition, about pets, about houses, locations, jobs. And so much of those things are, are given to us that we might take from them how to live well. What should we eat? What should we do to our kids? Where should we live? What kind of job should we have? How do we live well? That is the pursuit of so many in this world. How to live well. The best-selling books, how many of the best-selling books aren't about just that fact? How to live well. The Christian books, the the best-selling ones in the Christian bookstore, also About how to live well. You can think of Joel Austin's Your Best Life Now, which puts living well in terms of material prosperity, in terms of happiness. Others do so about jobs, or about family, or finances, retirement. How do we live well? That's the question that's constantly being answered. It's a question that we talk about all the time in our conversations. How do we live well? What do you eat? What do you do for relaxation? How much do you work? What do you do in the pursuit of living well? Exercise, nutrition, cleanliness, saving money, giving money, manners, education, volunteering, reading sports. We all have ideas about what it takes to live well. Now, I'm not suggesting that some of these things aren't important or good. Certainly not. I believe some of these things, exercise, nutrition, cleanliness, saving money, giving money, manners, education, volunteering, reading, sports, etc., are good things. But the point of raising this and the point of, of putting all these things in the context of these words here, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, is so that we might understand exactly how it is To live well. We need to put all of those things, that big long list, in context. We need to understand that property properly. We need to realize that without the right foundation, all of those things are about as useful as a million dollar house floating down the Fraser River. Yes, the very first thing that these Proverbs of Solomon would have us focus on that we might never forget it, is the foundation. The foundation. The foundation is so important. You can't build a house without a foundation. Well, you can. But it won't last very long. And this is precisely what this verse is talking about, this theme statement for the book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of, of knowledge. That's what that word beginning is is really pointing at there. You can speak about a beginning in terms of time or logic or something like that, like the beginning of the race is the, the first part of the race. But when we see this word beginning here, we should think not like a race, but more like a house. The beginning of a house is what you build everything else on top of. You never leave the beginning of a house. You simply add to it. So it is with wisdom. In the next few weeks, the Lord willing, as we look through the book of Proverbs, let us never leave behind this foundation. All of these Proverbs are built upon this foundation that Solomon lays out here, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If we look at all the rest of the Proverbs, we'll find much wisdom there. We'll find much knowledge there, but if you try to take these apart from the foundation, they too will fall apart. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and so we must keep it at the beginning, and so it is that we look at it today. So what precisely is this foundation? What is the fear of the Lord? Well, it's obvious if you look at just the two parts of, of that phrase, fear of the Lord, We're talking about some sort of relationship, right? Fear is a relational word. You're, you're, you are fearful in relation to something. And the person that we are in fear of here is the Lord. So it's a relational term and it has to do with our relationship with the Lord, Yahweh, the one true God, the God of the covenant, the God who comes to us in grace and peace fear of the Lord, yet at the same time we need to realize that this phrase is a unit. We can't simply look at the word fear and try to understand what that means and look at the word Lord and try to understand what that means. No, we need to keep them together because they are together, and in fact they're often used together. This phrase has a sense, a life of its own. So what is the fear of the Lord? Well, perhaps you want to grab your Bibles, keep your thumb at Proverbs 1, and we'll take a look at a couple different verses and try to understand what this phrase means. The first one we want to look at is Proverbs 9, verse 10. Proverbs 9, verse 10. It says there, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So you see, there's two... two. Parts to that sentence and they're put in parallel one is describing essentially very much the same thing as the other the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom the knowledge of the holy one is understanding so the fear of the lord is equated there with with knowledge of the holy one the fear of the lord is about knowledge of god that's an important part of the fear of the lord okay let's turn to proverbs 22 verse 4 Proverbs 22, verse 4 says, Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor in life. And so humility is not the same thing as the fear of the Lord, but humility is very closely connected to the fear of the Lord. So it's a knowledge of the Holy One, and you could say that knowledge brings us humility. Brings us humility in life. Now let's turn back to the book preceding the book of Proverbs, to the book of Psalms, Psalm 19. Psalm 19 greatly fills in for us what the fear of the Lord is. Page 858. From verses 7 through 9 are all these parallel statements. And verse 9 speaks about the fear of the Lord. So all of these things are synonyms. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. The precepts of the Lord are right. The commands of the Lord are radiant. The fear of the Lord is pure. The ordinances of the Lord are sure. So the fear of the Lord then is synonymous with the law of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commands of the Lord. There's an element of obedience to God's revealed law that is, that makes up what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is walking in these commandments. Let's turn to our last one, Psalm 111 verse 10. Psalm 111 verse 10, 952 of your Pew Bibles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. There again, another parallel. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. The fear of the Lord is the following of God's precepts. So those are a couple of passages that fill out for us what the fear of the lord is it's about knowledge of god it comes with humility it's about following god's revealed will and his law it's about walking in that law walking in that obedience as we see in psalm 111 and there's other passages too that speak that teach us about the character or the value of the fear of the lord proverbs 10:27 it adds length to life it's a fountain of life in Proverbs 14. It's valuable, Proverbs 15. It teaches us, also Proverbs 15. It prevents us from harm in Proverbs 16. And it gives us life. It's a, it's a source of life in Proverbs 19. And so I think we can summarize it in this way, a way that it has been summarized by others before. The fear of the Lord is an affectionate reverence, So it's about this relationship with our God, and it's one of reverence, but it's also one of closeness. just like Psalm 19 speaks about the the joy in following God's law. The fear of the Lord is an affectionate reverence by which the child of God bends themselves humbly and carefully to God's law. The fear of the Lord is an affectionate reverence by which the child of God bends themselves humbly and obedient to God's law. So the fear of the Lord, then, is about how you live life. Living in the fear of the Lord is about living closely to God as Father. Living carefully before God as the Holy One. Living consciously before God as His law demands. Living, you might say, in summary, covenantally. Before God, the covenant captures all of those elements. It's about a relationship with God. It's about God's ownership over us. It's about following the ways of God's covenant. But all of that is in this context of of love, an affectionate relationship. And in fact, the covenant of God between God and His people serves as the great context for this whole book. Just like you can't understand these proverbs without the foundation of the fear of the Lord, so you can't understand these proverbs outside of the context of God's covenant relationship with us as people. These aren't merely maxims, general maxims for for living. These are insights into living in a covenant relationship with God, the God who calls us to be his own. And so it is, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This this relationship, this humility, this obedience is the beginning of knowledge. And that's very important for us to remember, especially at this time of year as we head back to school, many of us, young people, even older people heading off to university where there is much knowledge to be gained, much knowledge to be had. We need to learn, we need to understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This is for us to learn from. Solomon says, these are for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. If it is your goal this year, my young brother and sister, if you're going to grade 1 or 7, 10, you're going to university for the first time or for the last year, then these words are for you, for gaining knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is the only right foundation. Always remember, all of your learning is in the context of your relationship with God. And in your relationship with God, that is where you learn how to apply yourself well to life and to your studies. But of course, it doesn't end for the rest of us, does it? Because Solomon says that, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. If you are an older member of this congregation for whom school is but a distant memory, if the coming of September does not change your life or the way that life functions for you in many ways, then also hear these words of Solomon. Your life, if you're 60 or 70 or 80 or 90, is not past the point of living well. Living well for the Lord. You are not past the point of gaining knowledge and wisdom and understanding. So the fear of the Lord for you as well needs to be maintained as the foundation of everything. So the right foundation for how to live well is the fear of the Lord, this affectionate reverence for God. Out of which we obey Him. Now we consider the right goal. The right goal. The fear of the Lord is the foundation, of course, that's terribly important, but it's not the only thing that's important. Just like a foundation is important to the house, but it's not, in fact, the house, so it is that the fear of the Lord is important, but so also is the goal. The knowledge. That Solomon talks about here. Knowledge. The goal of this life is knowledge. The goal of this fear is knowledge. Now, in understanding this word knowledge, we need to understand in the book of Proverbs, there's at least two others, if not more, other words that are used very closely with this word knowledge. We hear often, and it's it's in Psalm 111 and it's in Proverbs 9, wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge are almost the same thing. They're closely connected. And a third word that's also closely connected there is understanding. You can't understand these words properly without understanding all of them at the same time. You can see it right here in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, Okay, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. In Proverbs 9 verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom... And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding. All closely connected. We we try to separate them too much, and we'll do ourselves harm. So let's try to understand all of them together. What is this knowledge, then, first of all, that Solomon is talking about? Well, it must be knowledge of what the Lord has revealed. In this book, Solomon is going to dispense all sorts of knowledge. All sorts of knowledge about how to live life well. And so he's saying the fear of the Lord is the beginning of this knowledge. All these things that I'm going to say, they rest on this foundation of the fear of the Lord. This knowledge is revealed by Solomon, but it's revealed primarily by the Lord. It's about how to live before the Lord. It's how to live according to God's will. How to live properly in relation to God and neighbor. Wisdom, another synonym synonym here, is discussed in Proverbs and has been described as well-used skill. So it's not wisdom that we often think about it, uh, some guy smoking a pipe, sitting back in his armchair thinking about all sorts of things. No, this is wisdom that's applied to daily life. It's not the wisdom of Plato or Aristotle. This is wisdom that you can apply to everyday living. It's the wisdom that tells you how to deal with your angry boss. What to do when your child is being disobedient. How to respond to a rich neighbor. It's wisdom that teaches us how to deal with our money, our time, our talents. Understanding, that third word, has to do with insight into matters. Understanding is the ability to see past what's superficial and to see what's really going on underneath. For example, there's a proverb that says, the wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it an unscalable wall. Well, we're often quite impressed by wealth. Superficially, we think wealth must be great. But this proverb gives us understanding, that we're able to understand what's going on behind wealth. It looks like an unscalable wall, but is it really? Can really be relied on. Should it be your fortified city? And so knowledge and wisdom and understanding and all together, it's, it's the acquired skill of practical living. Practical living within God's covenant. And so you can see then how integral the fear of the Lord is to understanding. How could you expect to live well without an affectionate reverence for God? The connection between living well, living with this proverb-style knowledge and wisdom and understanding, and living in covenant relationship with God is absolutely necessary. That vertical relationship with God informs all that you do in daily life. Wisdom is putting that faith and trust in God and applying it to every aspect of your life. It's about applying it when you go back to school. I just said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and as you go back to school, you're going to be gaining all sorts of knowledge. But actually, the knowledge that Solomon is dispensing here is not so much knowledge that you'll be learning in math class or socials class or science class. But it's knowledge that you can apply in how to deal with your teacher, how to deal with your classmates, how to do your work properly, what, why you should do your work properly, how you should deal with your parents and others in authority over you. That's the sort of knowledge that's being applied here. And in order to apply that, you need to apply your relationship with the Lord to gain understanding. And so... Let's avoid a false dichotomy between our relationship with the Lord and the things that are practical in life. Our relationship with the Lord is extremely practical. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Last week we talked about Psalm 97, verse 1. The Lord is king. Well, the Lord is king is just as practical as any proverb. It's just as practical as, the man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. There's no false dichotomy for the wise person. They apply their relationship with the Lord into the everyday things of life. It's a fool, in fact, that leverages that false dichotomy that that separates those two things. The fool, we read, despises wisdom and discipline. It doesn't want wisdom and discipline. Well, who wouldn't want wisdom and discipline? It doesn't make any sense. What sort of person would outrightly reject how to live well? What sort of person would bring harm and suffering and pain upon themselves? Well, it's the fool. And it's because the fool has already rejected this relationship with the Lord that they cannot understand wisdom and understanding and knowledge. They've already rejected the foundation of the fear of the Lord. And so the fool, yes, even the covenant fool, these words are all given in the context of God's covenant. The fool, when they cast off wisdom and discipline, they want nothing to do with these things, they reveal that they've already put off their affectionate reverence and obedience to God. And so, brothers and sisters, how will we live How will you live well? We've already talked about that living well isn't about that first man in the story. Having a good upbringing, lots of money, everything seeming to go well. It's all about the right foundation. It's all about our relationship with God. And if you reject or neglect that relationship with God, if God is not first in your life, everything else will spin out of control. If your relationship with the Heavenly Father and His Eternal Son and the Holy Spirit is not first, then all of these other relationships will go wrong. Put the other way, if all of these things are going wrong, if your relationships are hurting, if your finances are a mess, if your life is difficult, if you lack wisdom and understanding, then you need to reconsider your commitment to the Lord, your affectionate reverence for Him, and your desire and ability to submit to living obediently to Him. Now that's difficult, isn't it? Who doesn't have relationships that are a mess? Who doesn't struggle with their finances? Who doesn't find life difficult? Where will we gain the wisdom We need to go from the right foundation to the right goal. Well, we need the right teacher. In closing then, just want to make this brief but all-important point. We've talked about having the right foundation. We've talked about having the right goal. But how are we going to get from one to the other? Well, the Lord has not left us alone. In fact, that's why we have the book of Proverbs. We need to remember then verse 1 of chapter 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David. Solomon is talking about knowledge that's going to be dished out through this whole book. Solomon is essentially saying, and he'll repeat it throughout the book, Listen to me. I will be your teacher. I will guide you through from this foundation to that goal. Those words are repeated. In chapter 2, that's the, that's the strong theme that comes out as, Solomon urges his son to actively engage in listening to to him. Listen to me, he says it over and over. If you accept my words, store up my commands, turn your ear to wisdom, apply your heart to understanding, call out for insight, cry aloud for understanding. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Then you'll find knowledge of God. Solomon, under the Spirit's guiding, is a mouthpiece for God. He's saying, listen to me. And so listen to God. Listen, by listening to me, your teacher, you'll be hearing the words of God, and you'll be gaining everything you need to apply His teachings in your life. Now Solomon spoke for the Lord. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit, and so it's eminently fitting that the Lord himself would come and would begin to teach wisdom to his people with more authority than Solomon himself. That's that authority that Solomon relied on. The Lord himself urged his people to, to listen to him as he taught. And he brought the words of living well, the words of life. And so it's fitting that at the end, that the Lord of the Covenant, at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, should come and speak in the manner of his forefather Solomon, and should lay before us the wise man and the foolish man, the two men from Proverbs. Jesus takes the attention from Solomon and puts our attention upon himself. He says to us, listen to me, I am the great teacher. I will lead you from the fear of the Lord to a well-lived life. Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine And does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew against and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus calls us to hear him today, to listen to his voice, to follow him as our teacher. Do you want to live well? Then build your house on the rock. It doesn't matter. All the other things will come later. First, build your house on the rock. Build your house on the Word of God. Follow the great teacher. Heed his word, the scriptures, in which we find all that we need for a well-lived life. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.